Welcome to Torah for Christians. This is Rabbi Jordan Parr. I want to share with you at the beginning of the Hebrew month of Elul, my talk from last year with Rabbi Heather Miller, the author of the book Resolutions. It's a weekly devotional, which is divided into seven different parts for each week. Through this, we prepare for the Jewish Holy Day of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that follows, which begin in exactly one month from now. So please enjoy my interview with Rabbi Miller. And if you have any questions, concerns, or want to hear more, feel free to log in to www.torforchristians.net. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wondered what it was like to prepare for the Jewish Holy Days? I'm talking with my friend, Rabbi Heather Miller today about resolutions, how we prepare one month before Rosh Hashanah in order to get ourselves ready for these most awesome of days. We're going to begin in just a moment. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. I'm here with my friend, Rabbi Heather Miller of Keeping It Sacred in Los Angeles area. And she's also the author of a new book called Resolutions. It's a great book to read about preparing for the high holidays here in Judaism. You can find it on amazon.com, of course, and I have it on my Kindle. So there's many ways to, to look at it. We'll talk more about the book in just a second. A little bit about Rabbi Miller, that she was born and raised in an interfaith family in Los Angeles, California. She received her BA from Wellesley College and her MA in Hebrew Literature and Rabbinic Ordination from Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion. She is a proud member of the Central Conference of American Rabbis, the Women's Rabbinic Network, and the Pacific Association of Reform Rabbis. So Rabbi Milner, I want to welcome you formally to Torah for Christians. Before we do that, have I missed anything in your bio that our listeners need to know? Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a board member of the Women's Rabbinic Network, which I think is really important because uh, it's an organization that r supports women rabbis and advocates for women rabbis and creates the world that we would like it to be, um, where women rabbi colleagues can really support support one another. Um, and my interfaith family is a, a big one. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because um, we always joke in my family, there's so many religions in my family, we're back to Jewish again. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and so it's such a pleasure to know that you do this podcast. And I'm a huge fan. And to be able to teach um, Torah for Christians, it's it's really wonderful to share in that in that joy and to to have appreciation for one another's traditions. Well, so thank, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the shout out too. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks so, for the good work. <laughs> sure. sure. Well, let me let me ask you. I guess the the first question here is: What motivated you to write resolutions? Absolutely. Thank you. Well. You know, every every year around the high holidays, the high holidays come and there's this huge emphasis in the Jewish tradition to transform yourself, to have some personal transformation, to really reflect on who you are, who you've been, to see if your life has been aligning with the values, at least the values that you profess, if not the values of your tradition. 
And um, it's pretty daunting to think about where do I start? How do I do that, right? The, there's the, the what you should do, but not the how you should do it. Um, and it's not just in Judaism, right? That's in, in so many traditions where we're told to do this. But I really wanted to create a text and pull from the Jewish tradition some of my favorite, some of the most inspirational texts that will help us kind of chart our path toward personal transformation and self-repair. So that's why it's called Resolutions, a practical guide for self-repair, because it's not just resolutions, but it's resolutions of the soul. It's spelled with S-O-U-L in the middle of Resolutions. And it's a practical guide for self-repair. So it has prompts at the end of each of the texts. So it'll be a text, a reflection on the text, and then some prompts for personal reflection and ending with a, a blessing for each one of the 29 days of the month of Elul. And Elul, I like to think of it as like December before the new year is January 1st. Well, in the Jewish tradition, Elul is the last month before the new year, which is the first of Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah, you've probably heard of. Um, so that idea that we take that month of December, or in the Jewish case, that month of Elul, or in Christians cases, right, there's the month of Lent, right, for that really deep introspection. So there's one reading for every single one of the 29 days of the month of Elul to really prepare us and give us that blueprint to to um, help spark all of the steps necessary for personal transformation spiritually. Again, it's a, it's a fascinating book and a lot of wonderful insights and vignettes from a wide variety of Jewish literature from the Bible through Talmud and Midrash and even to my, Moses Maimonides. And just, just for our readers who may not be, or listeners, I'm sorry, who may not be as familiar with the high holidays as we are, we have plenty of holidays in Jewish tradition, as you know, the Sabbath, Passover and the like. But the high holidays, that's a great way to think of them, that they are more important, that they have an additional level of holiness and they discuss very serious themes. Of course, one of them is, is sin and repentance, which we'll start talking about in our next podcast. But what I tell my people, and I'm sure you do as well, is that we can't just walk into a synagogue on the evening of Rosh Hashanah and begin this process of teshuvah, of atonement, of returning to God. Most people I know in my congregation give lots of hugs and kisses. Well, maybe not this year due to mm -hmm. COVID, but lots of hugs and kisses because they haven't seen their friends in a year, which to me is kind of sad. I wish they would see them more often, especially in the synagogue. Besides the, hey, how you doing? It, it really uh, dampens the experience if we have not prepared in advance. And so what I want to ask you is, you know, based on your book, how do we do that? How do we prepare? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and on that note of, you know, how how heightened the period of high holidays are, not to mention they're called the high holy days, um, the, the idea that um, Yom Kippur, which is the most holy day of the entire Jewish calendar year, it's called the Shabbat of all Shabbats, Shabbat Shabbatot in Hebrew. And so that idea that it really is, there's a, such an emphasis on this time period is, uh, I just wanted to echo what you were saying there. But as yeah. far as, yeah, absolutely. So, so as far as the blueprint, you know, I organized the book so that there's 20, there are 29 days in the month of Elul which comes out to four weeks of seven days each. So each week um, has a theme to kind of move us through the process. And under each theme, we have seven different texts for each theme. So the themes are encouraging metamorphosis. So this is the first week. And that first week kind of jump starts our 
recognition that, oh, yeah, I should probably look internally and, and do some, in Jewish tradition, we call it the cheshbon hanefesh, that accounting of our souls. So what is that about? And can I be encouraged to do that? It starts with this text that says the universe is rooting for your growth. There's a little midrash that says that above every blade of grass, there's an angel whispering to it, grow, grow. And the idea is that so too over each one of us, that the, the universe is rooting for our growth. So that's the way that we start the book right away with encouragement to engage in this process. Then there's six more texts. And then the second week is all about claiming our space. So really making sure that we have the space that we need to become ourselves. So standing up for others and creating boundaries. All of that is part of this week's text. And the first one is really about sanctifying spaces. There's a text about Sarah, who is married to Abraham. And the idea that every every Shabbat, every Sabbath, she lights candles in the tent. That's the Midrash that says that she's always sanctifying space. So how do we kind of create space for our own safety and for our own just ability to breathe and to be ourselves in the world, right? There's so many pressures coming at us from so many places. So it's all about claiming space for ourselves, beginning to claim that space. The third week is all about redefining challenge. So about the third week, we kind of get a little bit discouraged, like, oh my goodness, there's so much that I need to do. How can I overcome all of these challenges? And so redefining challenge really helps us analyze and reframe all that keeps us from moving forward. So the things that might, you know, make us stumble, traumatic experiences, experiences where we refuse to kind of repent, right? We refuse to do teshuva. And teshuva is really considered the act of return, returning to ourselves. So the first uh, reading from that week is all about Adam. And it talks about how Adam and Eve were expelled from the Garden of Eden. But it says that they weren't actually expelled for eating the apple. They were just expelled because Adam wouldn't repent. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. idea, like, get out of your own way, man. Like, get, you know, do what you need to do and get through it. Don't just let it stop you and, and seize you in your track. And so uh, the the penultimate chapter is all about expanding relationships. But the first text in that one is all about, um, there's all of these rules in the Mishnah about lost and found and what you do when you find money on the street and how do you possibly get money, which is, you know, ubiquitous in the world. If you found a dollar, how would you possibly figure out whose dollar that was? So the idea that these rabbis are trying to figure out how can we go beyond ourselves and take responsibility for others and to just be outside of ourselves. Not like, oh, wow, I found a dollar, but really think about like, oh, what does that dollar mean to another person? And how can I take on that personal responsibility to returning it and to caring for my fellow neighbor in that way by really um, going the extra mile to, uh, to, to help find the original owner and to just take care of one another. So it's really expanding our relationships beyond our own myopic view of our own selves, our own world. I think about horses when they have those covers over their eyes, right? When they mm-hmm. go, yes. oh, yeah. you know, in parades and 
They don't want them to see all the people around them. Well, this is all about taking those covers off of our eyes and really seeing the whole world around us and taking responsibility for all that we have in the world. The last chapter is really the last day, day 29 of 29 days. And the idea is um, there's a, a reading that I've included, which is from Maimonides, also known as Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon. He's a medieval thinker. He actually, his text really inspires me to think about every action that I do in the world, but it also puts the fear of God in me because it has that idea that every single action that we do in the world has consequence. So what he says is he says that every person should think of themselves not as all good and not as all bad, like on a scale. Don't weight yourself as all good on one side or all bad on the other side, but rather every human being should consider themselves exactly in between, called benoni, between. So we're half good, half bad, right? Everyone has a little bad and a little good in us. So the idea is that every single action in every single moment that comes to us is an opportunity. Are we going to tip the scales toward goodness or toward badness? And he ups the ante actually quite a bit. He says that not only is every individual Benoni in between, but the entire world is also Benoni in between. So what that means is that every single action and every single day, every moment, we each have the opportunity to tip not only our own scales, but the scales of the entire world, either toward goodness or not toward goodness. So it makes it very clear that every action that we do should be done with intentionality and with thought and hopefully for the good, for the sake of the entire world. I'm glad you mentioned intentionality. That was, I was going, I was going to bring that up actually. It <laughs> seems that in all of the examples that you raised and in all of our preparation, it's that intentionality that is so important in Jewish life. You know, in terms of preparing for the high holidays, I think that's just, just so important. And Maimonides, of course, carries it to every moment of our lives. I was I was struck by a number of your of your examples. I love the first one about the angels whispering to the blade of grass to grow. It reminds me in one sense of the old movie It's a Wonderful Life where we mm -hmm. all have guardian angels. Yep. And that is that is to me a Jewish idea as well and how we cultivate that guardian angel. Uh, we never talk about that, but you know, it's just kind of acknowledged when good things happen to us we say oh that's our that's my guardian angel at work. But through this process, what I see and, and in your um, in your suggestions on, on follow-up is how we enter that relationship with the guardian angel. I think that that's really something that bears um, further investigation, further thought. One other thing, and I want, I'm just curious on how you, on how you um, would deal with this. I, as you were talking, these four um, parts of your book, the four weeks of encouraging metamorphosis, that's change. That's not Kafka turning you into a cockroach. <laughs> no. <laughs> the opposite. Um, yeah, quite the opposite. <laughs> and then the second week of claiming space and then redefining challenge and expanding relationships. As you were talking, I couldn't help but think of the shofar calls. Mm. And and for those of you not familiar with the shofar, the shofar is the ram's horn that Jews sound on the morning of Rosh Hashanah and at the very end of Yom Kippur. It comes from the story of the binding of Isaac in Genesis chapter 22, where Abraham finds a ram caught by its horn in the thicket and 
sacrifices the ram in, in place of Isaac. But there are four shofar calls. And I know I'm going to get into this in, in future weeks, but for those coming across this for the first time, the first the first call of Tekiah, and this is very Maimonides, mm-hmm. is a wake up. Mm-hmm. If we're sleeping, then that first long blast will wake us up for us to say, it's time. To me, that's the first week. And the second called shivarim, which means broken. It's three It's three dashes, if you want, in Morse code, uh, three broken sounds, kind of saying that there's a problem and we have to start working on things. Mm-hmm. And what's, what triggered this comparison to me is when you said with redefining challenge, we're sinking, sinking into the depths. Yeah. And that's a third call, trua, is how far have we fallen? And we're kind of now in the sense that we're crying out to God to save us, that we've acknowledged what we've done. And then expanding our relationships is a call called Tekia Gedola, the long Tekia, which um, most people who sound the shake that as long as an air raid siren, it goes on for quite a long time, as long as somebody can hold the note. It is to me at all clear that God is saying, I have heard you, I forgive you, it's time to move forward. Um, um, with kind of a sense that not necessarily that all is forgiven, but that you are ready to take those vital steps and God's waiting for you to take that next step so that you can effect forgiveness. And um, I hope you like that. I hope you like that analogy. Absolutely. I love that analogy. Thank you. I just gave you a sermon topic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and then day 29 is like, okay, now you now go out there and do it. Right. You know, we will say we will do like, go ahead and do it now. Right. Time will tell. Did you learn something this year? Your choices will create your reality. Yeah. And in this year, that idea of creating balance, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the medical term, of course, scientific term is homeostasis. Right. It's used in in medicine. It's also used in in psychology of balance. But we have all, without exception, I think, been thrown out of whack the past 18 months. And our whole world is turned upside down. People we know and love have gotten sick. Sadly, some have passed away. We've gone to virtual services and all of our faiths. We're just now coming back to in-person and trying to create a world that has to be different than the world that we left pre-COVID. And so I think Maimonides really speaks to us this year of creating that sense of balance. If you think of that scale and what happens if you have a, a one kilo stone on the left, but you put a five kilo stone on the right, right. and it just throws it all out of whack. So you got to figure out a way either you shave the lighten to lighten your burden on the right hand side mm. or find some positive good things on the left to to bring those scales into an equilibrium, a homeostasis. It works for our bodies and it works for our souls as well. I just think that that's a goal for all of us, whether we're Jewish or not this year, is to, fi- is to follow Maimonides' advice. And for our listeners, I do want to tell you parenthetically, Maimonides was a physician, is known as the father of pharmacy, and his writings on medicine are very, very modern. And so he knows what it means to find balance in life. And so that that's something that he's coming to from both his professional side as a as a physician and his spiritual side as as a Jewish thinker, theologian, philosopher. So that's really that's really a great way to end, I think, in terms of trying to find balance. Absolutely. I think I think that and within that are two things. One is that 
of all the years, right? This year, we have seen the entire world completely transform. We're on a podcast right now, right? We yes. are distance, but we are connecting. We're still human beings and seeking that connection and, and creating connections even while we're away, right? Traffic here in Los Angeles has been very light. I don't know if you've seen that, but the entire world, right? Airlines have you know practically shut down for a long, long time. The whole world is really reevaluating this year more than any other year. What is at my core? What is it? at the core of what it means to be a human being. What do I need? What kind of life do I want to build for myself? And and how can I get there in this new year? So I think that all of those things are really coming together. So there's a real potential for some major transformative growth this year more than any other that we have experienced in our lifetimes. I do hope so. And I, I, I see I see all of the heartache, the tragedies, the losses that we've had, but it's also out of, out of loss, out of tragedy, I think comes opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we know that in the world, I know I saw those pictures of Los Angeles without smog and it looks pretty, <laughs> looks pretty nice. Right. And, you know, New York City with, with empty streets. Um, the right. New Yorkers, I know we're very appreciative of that. Here in Dallas, it, it, uh, it took no time at all to get from the suburbs where I live downtown. Or or anywhere. Of course, we didn't leave the house very much, but um, when we had to, it was it was a breeze. Things are opening up again, as you know. But I think people are just really looking for that balance and and what we're what we're creating on, on the personal level and on the communal level. I think is is very very different than than what we left. And of course, Zoom has played a large part in that, and podcasts that we're. I'm in the middle of the country. You're you're over on the Pacific Coast, <laughs> and we can we can talk like this. Um, for our listeners, we've zoomed together in the past, mm-hmm. and and last year, for example, in the high holidays, I had I had folks listening in, and I think you did too, mm-hmm. from all over the United States. But since my my soloist was from Chile, I had people from all over South America as well. Mm-hmm. Um, encouraged me to work on my Spanish, <laughs> and. And Portuguese too, for that right, matter. Right, I was had some say, folks yeah. from Brazil. Me too. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. And if I, if I had any any anybody from the Caribbean, I would have had to do Creole and Papiamento. But uh, fortunately, we didn't get that far. But but it just shows, and I think I think that our our Christian, Muslim, and other friends who who listen to this podcast will will agree that our our movements, our congregations, our organizations just cannot be localized anymore. And we have to we have to reach out and um, expand those relationships, as you spoke about, not just not just with the people in our in our proximity, but anywhere we can find them. Because I think the big search now is people are looking for community. And after a year of being on their own, we're social beings. Uh, you know, human beings are, are by nature social, and that was taken from us. And so we're looking to reestablish it, but it's going to be very different, I think. Yeah, and, and and I think that it really goes back to your early earlier. So so much about what Judaism is, it's about interrupting the normal, interrupting that monotony, right? With those calls of the shofar, or every week we have the Sabbath to like stop and reflect. How was this week? How do we want next week to be? Right. So it's all about really interrupting what's happening in order to give us the opportunity to realign ourselves with our purpose and with the values that we hold dear. And that's why this season, it's known as Shabbat Shabbatot, the 
Sabbath of all Sabbaths because it it is the epic ultimate way to review the entire year, not just the entire week, and to set for ourselves the intention for a good new year ahead. Um, That's why I always think about intentionality is really that root of morality, right? The more we can be intentional about how we live our lives, the closer we'll be to the best version of ourselves that we can be. Or our most... Our most favorites version of ourselves, at least. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use intention as morality in one of my sermons. I love that. Please. I love that idea. We've given each other a gift here on, on that. Yes. Um, so before we end, I do want to say that um, I would love everyone who's listening to to get a copy of the book Rest Solutions. Again, it's available at your at the booksellers anywhere, but especially on Apple and Apple Kindle. It is a paperback, so cost, of course, is quite reasonable. And I also encourage you to to uh, plug into Rabbi Miller's website keepingitsacred.org. That's one word. Dot com, yes. Dot com, I'm sorry. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Keepingitsacred.com. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful organization, of course, based in the LA area, but- But but we're not not constricted by any geographical boundaries. Right. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, But, but again, just, just as the new reality is coming upon us, uh, we are not limited by geography. And so- There's wonderful classes, wonderful study groups. Uh, Rabbi Miller does some great life cycle events um, as well, and Thank so you. I do. I my pleasure. I do want to. I do want to encourage you to um, to check in check in on 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 her organization, her website regularly, and of course to listen to her new podcast based upon this book as well. So. I, I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna love that. I, I think the last thing is we need to tell our listeners that you should start the daily meditations. It's the evening of August 8th and the day of August 9th is the first day of Elul. Might be wondering when when we should start this. And the Jewish holiday, high holiday of Rosh Hashanah begins the Monday night of Labor Day and on into the next day or two, depending on how on on how you worship. Um, and so that's that will be the the end time that that Monday of Labor Day, which should be when you read day 29. And so prepare yourselves. And if this is not the time that you normally do your introspection, if it's in December or if it's in Lent or if it's, you know, at any at any other time of the year, it's, if it's before your birthday, um, go ahead. There's always a good time to do a cheshbon nefesh to reflect upon your actions of the previous year and reestablish that balance that Maimonides that Maimonides talks about. And who knows, maybe that guardian angel that is hovering above you is going to come down and give you a hug this year and, and help you to even greater levels of sanctity and success and and love in your personal lives and God willing bring peace to the world as well. Any um, here at own may it be yeah, so. Yes. Absolutely. Comments before we sign off? Yeah, it's just been such a pleasure. And and just on that note about Lent, you know, Reverend Andrea Paddock from down here in Orange County and and other um, of my interfaith clergy friends from the, I'm the vice president of the Interfaith Council of Greater Rancho Santa Margarita and this women women's interfaith group as well. Um, Everyone has really told me how great it is for Lent <laughs> to read this oh. book and how well it dovetails. And 
So, uh, so I, you know, you're not just saying that and I'm not just saying it, you know, you don't have to take my word for it, just like in uh, Reading Rainbow, right? But you don't have to take yes. my word for it. Listen to Reverend Paddock, who, who does share that for her, it was really such a joy to be able to to introspect, she says that, uh, you know, the Jewish point of view that uses the Talmud as well as the Torah and Old Testament for spiritual growth um, was helpful to her because she knows that Jesus studied the Talmud too. So looking at spiritual renewal through a different lens is, is very productive. So try it. So um, I hope that that uh, encourages everyone. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, I am a real human being. So you can contact me through the website, keepingitsacred.com. All of my email and phone number and all the information is there. I'd love to hear what you think of the book and um, how it's uh, been helpful to you in your own process of introspection. So don't be a stranger. No, I'll echo, I'll echo that thought. And, um, <laughs> and bring your comments onto our Facebook page of Tour for Christians. And we'll continue the discussion and we'll bring Rabbi Miller into it as well. Um, cause the more the merrier and we'll all continue on our spiritual journey together. Well, thank you, Rabbi Miller. I do appreciate your time and effort in this. And again, I love your book and I look forward to hearing your podcasts and, and keep up with all the great work that you do. And I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank so you. Again, thank I you echo, so much. I echo yes. the same. Thank you well, so thanks. much. It's been such a real pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. And, and again, um, Thank you, the listener, for being with us as well. And next week, we will uh, pick up on the theme of sin and repentance here on, on Torah for Christians and dive deeper into the whole idea of preparing for the high holidays. And we'll talk about the high holidays themselves in just a couple of weeks. So as I close every week, I say, How good and how pleasant it is for us to live together as one. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Thank you.